Today's podcast is brought to you by that guy that's standing over your shoulder. Don't look. He's there. Down with Joe DeRosa. Welcome to Down with Joe DeRosa. One topic, one guest, one hour. And today... We, the flower children, are discussing pot, mushrooms, LSD, yes, those psychologically assistive agents known as hallucinogens. I sure did a bunch of them back in college and for several years after, which is probably why I often simultaneously think the world is a beautiful place while everyone is out to get me. That's a typical thought you have while tripping. I see colors and a man who wants to murder me. Should I murder him? Oh, wait, that's just a statue. Ooh, colors. Who doesn't love a good psychedelic? Well, many people. Here in the States, psychedelics are classified as a Schedule One drug. That means they have no currently acceptable medical use. There is a lack of safety for the use of the drug under medical supervision, and the substance has a high potential for abuse. I don't think I agree with any of that. High potential for abuse? Well, most people I know can only handle the strong hallucinogens sparingly. Why? Because they fucking wipe you out. Anybody that's ever tripped for eight hours knows it's exhausting. But more importantly, the recreational users I know respect these drugs. They don't use them as a way to get off. They see them as a means for opening the mind, heightening the human experience, and reconnecting with nature. I also have a problem with the notion that these drugs still lack an acceptable medical use. I think half the mentally struggling people on this planet would be a hell of a lot more stable after a few doctor-monitored consciousness-expanding psychedelic sessions than they are after years of popping Zoloft on an ever-changing dosage amount. Yeah, I was bitching that I hate my job again, so dock up my milligrams to 150. That's not to say Zoloft can't help, but it is to say acid can too. Yeah, I was bitching about my job again, but then I had a vision of two alternate realities— one where I forever prosper and the other where I perpetually fail, so I realized it's all relative. And finally, that last little distinction that puts these drugs high on their naysayers' illegitimate list, there's a lack of safety for the use of the drug under medical supervision. And to this, I simply say, bullshit. Granted, you may have a hard time safely controlling a patient geeked out on PCP, which is a hallucinogen, but pot or mushrooms? Quite the contrary. In fact, if you were monitoring a patient on one of these drugs, you'd probably find yourself saying something like, this is fucking boring. Give him some PCP. So let's stop letting the rotten PCP apple spoil the bunch and start letting the fruitful psychedelics sweeten the tea. These drugs have been part of the mainstream culture for far too long to still be as demonized as they are. So remember, just because something may perhaps cause you to see a demon doesn't mean that it should be treated like one. My guest is currently a man that stands in the same drug-supporting corner that I do. He's a hilarious stand-up who wrote for the WWE, which is amazing to me. Uh, he's also appeared on Comedy Central's Live at Gotham and John Oliver's New York stand-up show. The New York Times once described him as a John Belushi-like madman, and I can attest to that. His album Come Clean is available now, and you need to go get it if you like to laugh. You may also know him as the Verizon guy, not the one that said, can you hear me now, but the redheaded, bearded one that was really funny. He's also been seen all over your TV on shows like Bored to Death, Louie, Curb Your Enthusiasm, and White Collar. Also, he's the actor that played 
just about every character in just about every sketch on the Pete Holmes Show, for which he was also a writer and my co-worker. Please welcome my dear, dear friend, Matt McCarthy. Thank you, Joseph. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm good. In a nice, loving start to this discussion about hallucinogens. We did? Yeah. What did we say? Uh, just the way you just said, thank you, Joe. The smile. Oh. They can't see it at home or at their desk or wherever they're listening. <laughs> I am smiling at you. Yeah. It's, it's, you, you got a tender. I'm holding my beer bottle between my legs, and gr <laughs> I'm gripping it with both hands. You are. You are gripping you. it. I think uh, I'm happy to see you too. I think this is the first podcast where we ever there was ever alcohol. I mean, not we're not we're not shit faced, but I think given really? the subject matter, yeah, this is the first time we've had a few Good. cocktails. Well, I walked in and you were you already were already drinking, so I was like, well, giddy up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I uh, my doctor told me that I need to be on a more heart healthy diet and I need to drink some wine every night. Red wine. Yeah. So uh, you know, glass a bottle. Who's counting? You know, just get some of it in me every glass day. of bottle. Who's yeah. counting? <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever. Uh, so you know, you have a few wines. You feel classy. You feel like this is uh, what I need to be doing for a better life. And they say uh, <clears throat> Keith Moon's doctor said to him to stop drinking a bottle of whiskey every day, so he started drinking a bottle of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine drinking? An entire bottle no. of alcohol I mean, well, every you, day. You brought up WWE that I work there, so I'll, uh, this is my only wrestling thing I'll say, is uh, Andre the Giant, when he got back surgery, the anesthesiologist tried to equate it to his drinking because they, he didn't know, uh, the doctor didn't know how much to give the guy. Right. You know, he's so, so goddamn big. Right. Um, so they, they asked him, how much does it take you to get drunk? And Andre said, uh, usually after the first liter of vodka, I start feeling a buzz. <laughs> how much anesthesia did they have to give them? Do you know how it all worked out in the end? No, that's a good question. I'd like to know. <laughs> Enough to kill everyone in this room. I know. Even if you said the number, I like how I act like I would know what it meant. Whatever the dosage, I would have no fucking clue. You'd be you, like, oh, that's a lot. You could literally go three cans, and I'd be like, uh-huh, right, yeah, that's that sounds right. Oh, eight quadrants. That's not as much as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> let's, uh, let's start with uh, the obvious question mm. for this discussion. What hallucinogens have you uh, 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 taken in your lifetime, and, and which was your favorite? It's so funny. That's such like a college question. It is. But what, what drugs have you done? <laughs> yeah. Well, but he, list. here's why I'm glad you picked this topic. Mm -hmm. I find myself saying that a lot to guests. It's truly the only one on the list that resonated with me. I was like, I don't want to talk about any of this crap. <laughs> like, oh, hallucinogens. Yeah, all right. You sent me, I send a, I text a list to every guest and I say, which of these do you want to talk yeah. about? You responded hallucinogens with an exclamation point. And many people have put an exclamation point at the end mm -hmm. of their topic. But for some reason with you... It just it was bursting off of that screen mm -hmm. that I knew how excited you truly were to talk about this. And I think I I think I wrote hallucinogenics. Yes. Which I wonder if if I was more correct than you were. Uh, Wikipedia refers to them as hallucinogens, hallucinogens. And that's what the spell check was taking. it. But I mean, hallucinogenics might also be a word. Hallucinogenic. I've certainly Maybe heard that's it. Something else. It might, they, it, clearly, there's a reason there's two different words. Right. Right. Well, 
what we're talking about, at least according to Wikipedia, is, mm. would be known as hallucinogen. Mm. But why I'm glad you picked it uh, is I don't think, I think it needs to be more than just a college discussion. Uh, and I don't want to put right. too fine a point on it. No, no, it, I, not the discussion. No, the the question. The question, but, yeah. And you, and you didn't even pose it like the way that I acted like you did. <laughs> I acted like you were like, so what drugs have you done? <laughs> uh, I've never done cocaine. Yeah, sitting Indian style on my bunk bed in the oh, dorm. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Yeah, I'm wearing pajama pants, rocking back and forth. That's how I pictured you sitting when you said that. So what? What? Uh, which ones? Give me the list. What have you gone? I've through? Done, I've I've smoked some pot. Mm-hmm. Uh, some. It, it reminds me of the final episode of Cheers, right? When Sam says, "I know Diane and I have had some troubles," and Cliff says, "No, no, no Sam, uh, Ireland had troubles." <laughs> <laughs> well, I've smoked some pot. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I've taken some mushrooms. Yes. Um, I've taken some ecstasy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really it. I mean, maybe the odds. Um, what's the shit that's supposed to calm down little kids? Ritalin. Yeah. That I don't think that's a hallucinogen though. No, I'm just thinking of drugs that I've done. Well, that might be it. We can focus on the ones you stated that. Oh, and absinthe. I, I've 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 drank I've I've had absinthe on a number of occasions, and that is a crazy time. Let's start with absinthe, because I drank absinthe one time and one time only, mm-hmm. and it was when it was still illegal here in the states. You couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah, uh, you could order it. I, yeah, I knew a guy that smuggled it back from, like, Istanbul or something. That's amazing. And I'll never forget. It was the great blizzard of 2005, Ernie. The great blizzard of t- 2005. Uh, I was in Philadelphia. I was still uh, a Philadelphia comic. I was still local. Mm-hmm. Um, and I You're was still a Philadelphia comic, still, Joe. In, in my heart. You can go home again. Yeah. Rocky Balboa was always from Philly. That's right. If there's ever a bronze statue of me, it'll be in front of the Laugh House in on South Street in That's Philadelphia. That's right. You're going to get the babe in the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so um, we, uh, we I, I remember this. So it's such a good memory. I was at the point of getting like. Did you just compliment yourself? Uh, did I say you're going to love this? No, no, no. You said such a good memory. Oh, no, no. This memory is such a the, good memory. This is a fond memory you yeah, have. Yeah. I thought you were going, ah, the details that are mm, fresh in no. my mind. Such a good memory on me. No, 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 no. It's a good memory. To, it's an enjoyable memory. Matt, I feel like you might be on some of that pot you were talking about. It's definitely possible. This is just <laughs> like when Larry King questioned <laughs> Willie Nelson and he put his hands out and said, arrest me. <laughs> and then the feds busted Willie not soon after. They busted the shit out of him. They pulled pounds off of Willie's bus. Did he go to jail? Uh, I feel like they, you know, kind of they wiped their feet politely and said, maybe you could give us some money and we'll go away. Yeah. You, you'll finish out the tour. I was working in Texas uh, for the Senate in Texas uh, for a brief period of time before I started comedy. They had an honorary ceremony day, whatever, on the Senate chamber floor where they were honoring Texas, great Texas artists. And amongst them, the two most notable were Tommy Lee Jones wow. and Willie Nelson. Okay. Willie Nelson, as far as I know, didn't show up. 
<laughs> he just he just didn't show. We all were under the impression he was going to be there because we all went down to the senator's quarters to meet mm. them, and he wasn't there. I met Tommy Lee Jones. That's fantastic. Know what he said to me? Oh, God, what? My boss brought me over to him. He was by himself in, like, the corner of the room admiring some art on the wall. My Just totally alone in his own I thing. Wish, I know. I wish the art wasn't even there. Just it, alone in the corner. That would have been amazing. Muttering to himself. Facing the wall. <laughs> yeah. My boss brought me over to him. She said, uh, Mr. Lee Jones, or Mr. Jones, um, this Mr. is... Mr. Lee Jones? Lee Jones. <laughs> I still don't know which is the last name. What is proper? Yeah. I still think he might not have a last name. It's, Bonjour, it's, Mr. Lee Jones. <laughs> yeah. I think he has three first names. Um, my boss brought me over to him and said, Mr. Jones, uh, sorry to interrupt or bother you. And she said, not at all. She said, uh, this is one of uh, our, our workers here at the Senate. He'd mm -hmm. like to meet you. And he turned to me. He smiled. I put my hand out. I said, hello, sir. My name is Joe DeRosa. And he said, hi, Joe. I'm Tommy Lee Jones. Wow. <laughs> the greatest. What a gentleman, man. That's God, that's you could shine that up and take it to Antiques Roadshow. Yes, yeah. We're getting way sidetracked here. Way. Now, what was your story about absinthe? I was just starting to make my way in comedy. I was just starting to make some money. Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. I was starting to get some extra stage time. I was getting I was a paid regular at the club. Mm -hmm. It was a big step for me. All my friends came out one night for one of my first weekend shows ever. I was opening for my friend Mark Simmons, who's a hilarious comic from Chicago. Uh, and a blizzard hits. My friend Mike goes, we can all go to my place. We're snowed in. Let's all crash there. Like seven of us go to his place. We're drunk because we were drinking at some bar right there. We get upstairs. We go, what do you have to drink? He goes, all I have is this bottle of absinthe that I smuggled back from wherever. And we passed this bottle of absinthe around like it was a fucking 40 and just took swigs off oh. of it. I remember after every swig, my jaw literally locking. That's harsh shit. It was really harsh, and we were we were all standing up. It's like and really like, harsh Zambuca. Yeah, and you have to kind of. My friend Pat Gorman taught me this in college. Like mm. when you take a hard plug of like of, of alcohol, you stand up and you kind of dance it out, and you don't feel it as much as it goes down. <laughs> and we were all doing that with this absinthe. Wow. And we were literally talking gibberish to each other in a snowstorm and laughing so fucking hard. I believe it. Just going like, man, I remember at one point my friend Mark goes, he goes, hey, Joe, man. And I go, what's up? And he has that real, like, Chicago, like, draw, like, like that Midwestern, like, like the way, like, Mike Epps sounds, like, hey, y'all don't <laughs> even know, man, you know? And, um, and he goes, uh, he goes, hey, Joe, man. And I go, what? And he goes... Never mind, ain't gonna make no sense. Ah! <laughs> and I go, just tell me, I don't care. I can't even remember what he said. It was literally as nonsensical as somebody saying, like, doesn't matter where the money is, as long as the girl is with it, I'm down. Like, it was literally something that made no fucking sense. And I started laughing, and I go, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? And he goes, I told you it wasn't gonna make no sense. Wow. It was such a great time. I have so many moments like that. I, I, all right. I What's have, your absinthe one? Um, I'll, I'll tell you my absinthe story and then, and then remind me, I want to tell a, uh, one of the ecstasy, ecstasy stories. It's not even, we'll get into all of the it. whole ecstasy story. Mm -hmm. It's going to be hard for me to say that word. <laughs> e. E. Did e. That's ecstasy. what we called it in Rhode Island. I think I would hear in 
California, they, they called it X. We called it X, too, yeah, in Pennsylvania. We called it E. You called it, oh, no, you're right. We called it E in Pennsylvania. Yeah. X was West Coast. Yeah, isn't that weird? It is kind of weird. And they both make perfect sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have a couple absinthe stories. The first time I drank absinthe. It's going to be hard for me to talk. <laughs> Talks. It's going to be hard for me to talk. It's a bad sign at the beginning of a podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, me and my buddy Steve, um, who for some reason in college, uh, there was a group of girls who affectionately dubbed him Druggy Steve. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Yeah. Weird nickname. <laughs> um, uh, we were living in the Bronx. That's why I wore one of my Bronx t-shirts because we were living in the Bronx at the time. Every time you tell me a college story, I forget you went to college and lived in the Bronx. Yeah. It's such a weird thing for me to picture because I went to college in like farm country. Fordham University, 97 yeah. to 2001. So interesting. Okay. It was interesting watching the Bronx, at least that neighborhood, change from Giuliani being there to like Giuliani fucking maintaining control. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, wh- what ways did it change? Uh, Lots of ways. Crime wise, you know, cleaning up things, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 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 Uh, so we're in the Bronx. We're in Woodlawn. So this is like a, a very Irish section of the Bronx. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got the absinthe from france mm-hmm. and it's like the thing with absinthe is uh the wormwood oil and that's what was like that's that's the key and that's what was illegal and that was you know you could buy it but you couldn't sell it so you couldn't import it to sell it but you could buy it like by a website whatever and this by the way is one of the things that i yeah. love so much about you <laughs> and uh and w- one of the things i cherish about being friends with you is you're, you mentioned Cliff Clavin earlier. You're like Cliff Clavin in a way. You know all these facts about everything that you have an interest in. You have factual knowledge about I would like, yeah, well, it's, uh, I'm curious, and I'd like to understand it a little bit more. I it's cu- interesting. I couldn't in a million years tell you why absinthe. I would, why, did, why does it make oh, you trip? Yeah. Oh, it just fucks you up, man. Like, I never it's, know it's the It's the wormwood oil, and that's why, okay. like, I would never slug it. It's so funny. The last time I stood, well, not the last time, but. The time that stands out in my head of standing in a circle with guys passing around a bottle right. uh, was somebody got a bottle of Ripple. Mm-hmm. That bum wine? You ever yeah, have that? Yeah, Ugh. It's disgusting. Bad news. It's disgusting. Um, you want to talk about a burn. I mean, that puts absolutely right. to shame. <laughs> but, like, we were sitting around in my buddy's place drinking, and I was like, we can't sit and drink, but we have to stand up in a circle and pass it around. It's yeah. bum wine. Yeah. That's the way you got to drink yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But absinthe, the way you drink that is... Um, and I noticed you have Carnival up there. Yes, big on that show. I, I was, it's so strange. I was literally thinking today, that's probably my favorite HBO show they ever did. If it, 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 it's definitely my favorite HBO show they ever did. It's a phenomenal show. Um, and they drink a lot of. If you never saw the show, it's a show about a character who loves drinking absinthe. Loves drinking absinthe. Yeah. and it's it's a show about a carnival during the Dust Bowl and mm-hmm. a lot of sort of supernatural stuff is happening and uh, there's a priest who seems benevolent at first and then slowly becomes it's evil. It's worth and, checking out. If if you like if you're listening to the hallucinogen episode. It's Carnival is worth checking out. That's what. Yeah, get yourself a nice pharma- pharmaceutical gram of uh, mm-hmm. some Skywalker OG 
smoke it and watch that fucking show and you'll you'll be in for a night. So what you got to do with absinthe is you got to cut it down with water. It's usually like two parts water, one part absinthe yeah. and the sugar cube. And there like there's this whole process which is which is part of the fun of it. Mm -hmm. It's it's part of the fun of like rolling a joint yeah. or I'm sure boiling a spoon of heroin, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's the ritual. <laughs> so what well, you, you you have like this this weird little spoon and like I ordered a nice thing that came in a package and it came with like a you know some glasses absinthe glasses and an right. absinthe spoon with with a phrase on it so you put a sugar cube on it one per glass and then see that cuts it down a little bit the taste is very bitter like we talked about the sugar in the water cut yeah. it down but it's also the alcohol content is so high yeah you need to make sure that you're getting high from the wormwood oil and not getting drunk off the alcohol content. Really? Yeah. Didn't know that. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and if you can smoke a little grass while you're fucking drinking it, that's probably the best. Okay. The first time we drank it, we I just drank it because I wanted to just, I want to know what this is like. Right. So I didn't do anything else. And we, me and Steve, we kind of sat on the floor. It was dusk. Uh, a couple other roommates were there. Um, just watching TV or whatever. I love and that it's dusk as you're taking. It this. really was. The sun was starting to go down, and it doesn't yeah. last too terribly long. Like you need to keep drinking it to keep it going on, but you need to space it out so you again you don't get drunk. You just get that high, that buzz, and it really was like a buzz. It was electric. Like I felt like we we kind of glowed. Yeah. And at one point we started playing catch with a koosh ball. Right. And it everything felt cool. Like everything to touch felt cool. Right. Everything to say, to talk about felt cool. It was, we were a buzz. Uh, yeah, absinthe is an incredible liquor in that sense. Yeah. Because Jay Moore has a bit that I, that I always laugh at. And I, I, I can't remember the whole bit, but part of the bit he talks about, he goes, you know, man, you're uh when you're at when you're at Dave and Buster's and you got that perfect balance of coke and beers going and it's that perfect <laughs> body buzz and you're just sinking threes on the basketball game and it's just the greatest night of your life and every time he said that he just describes that so perfectly and I felt like that's what absinthe was too it was like taking a drug and taking booze at the same time or drinking booze at Definitely. the same time it's it's a high and a mellow Right. All body and mind all together at once. Because it wasn't like being stoned, um, and it wasn't like being drunk. And it definitely and you didn't feel out of control. You didn't feel sick. You didn't feel it, there were practically no negatives to it. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, then the second time and it just a lot of giggles and whatnot. And then and then we Nothing left better. and went to some party and then it just kind of faded away. And then we just went drinking. And then that's the greatest. Right. That's the greatest. It doesn't hang on top of you. Yeah, and that's I've experienced that many times with hallucinogens where you take it, sure. you have your secret, we're off in this room mm -hmm. being weird, few hours, then it starts to fade, but you have energy, and you go out for a night of drinking. And it's Absolutely. just like, man, we just hit the one-two punch here. It depends. As Ken Kesey said, uh, everything leaves a bruise. Some Sometimes... <laughs> uh, Sometimes uh, you can't you can't even function, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, let me tell you this: there was uh, the second time we went, we we drank absinthe. Uh, we were we smoked pot, mm -hmm. and like we were smoking heavy pot while we were drinking it the same way. 
I erupted. I mean, it felt like it, it, it was it was almost like because, uh, like I said, like everything I listed before, it's pretty much all the drugs I've ever done. Maybe here and there, some random painkiller whose name I can't remember. Sure, you know, somebody said, "Hey, take one of these while we're drinking." Sure, N- nothing more than that. Um, but I remember how heavy, heavy smoking pot the very first time was. Mm-hmm. I laid down in my freshman college dorm room you know and i had puffed on pot before that but this was the first time somebody was like held a bowl in front of my mouth and just said now just suck and held the lighter and i just sucked right and he goes all right now keep sucking and then let go of the carb and it filled with all of all 18 years old pristine perfect captain of the swim team for two years lungs filled filled the capacity with smoke and then he said to me hold it in as long as you can uh-huh. and i did uh-huh. and at, like at, at, at one point he honest to god said to me wait are you still holding that in <laughs> and i go like yeah and then he's like you can blow it out or you can keep holding it in. And him and his buddy started laughing he's like you can keep holding it in and then i blew it out and then there was nothing and he right. couldn't fuck it. Like I, like I smoked a full bowl, right. like first hit I've ever taken. He's like, I'm like, what does that mean? I'm like, there was no smoke. And he's like, dude, your lungs absorbed all the smoke. Oh, boy. And then I was so hot. The highest I've ever been in my fucking life, except for this story I'm about to tell when I was drinking absinthe and smoking <laughs> pot. That's what it felt like. It, it, it felt like when they talk about, like, you know, chasing that first high. Yeah, that's what the like. I was like, holy shit! Like, I haven't felt like this fucking crazy high. In the, yeah, like, once in a while you get wait, a high but, like that. Where, I know where it's like the way they make it look in like Friday in the movie Friday. You're like, yeah. oh yeah, it was like that one time. Yeah, I no. hate that in movies when they go over the bo- overboard when it's like, oh, you don't change dimensions all right. of a sudden. But then once in a while you hit that high. Once you go, in a while you oh, okay, do. Okay, this is what that writer was trying to do. Like every once in a while they get like there are moments that it's totally right. Like mm-hmm. like the carpet in Fear and Loathing when it starts moving. Perfect. So perfect. Her nostrils moving in and out mm-hmm. at the desk. I'm just like, ugh. Or in a half baked when they first walk in the Quickie Mart and they're walking like d- d- like that stuttered slow pace yeah. and everyone's walking the same. I was like, holy shit, that's it. Yeah. And the way the Zag, uh, uh, what's that candy bar he eats? Abazava. Abazava. It's like the, m- it's the giant huge. thing. And you see the other kid dive into the punch into the thing, and everything. Yep. And you- Perfect. Go ahead. Uh, I laid down in my freshman dormitory bed and literally I redreamt every dream I'd ever <laughs> had in my life up until that point. I saw images flashing by of cartoons I'd watched when I was a kid, like a whole decade before, right. like screaming out like, oh my God, I remember that Jason, the wheeled warriors. Holy shit. I haven't thought about that in 10 years. Oh my god! And here's the thing, and like, and I, remembering the mornings, like waking up in like third and fifth grade, and being like, I remember waking up from that dream. That's crazy. Here's the thing. Yeah. On a first time high, and when I say yeah. first time, I don't. And mean- my roommate who didn't smoke or do anything, he put on. He's like, dude, you're high, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, just lay down. And we went to bed. He put on James Taylor's greatest hits. Oh. It was phenomenal. Perfect. There you go. <laughs> Classic McCarthy <laughs> phrase. Phenomenal. The uh, but here's the thing. Those, when I say first time high, I don't mean literally first time. In that case, mm. it was. But 
though that first time high meaning you know before you're used to it before you know what it is before pot become or whatever drug becomes your old roommate mm-hmm. and you know his ins and outs whatever that's to me the only time you that period is the only time you can truly enjoy yeah. that monstrous going down the steepest roller coaster hill imaginable oh, high yeah. because it's new it's exciting you're not aware of any dangers or there's no paranoia once you really get intimate with the drug and you have one of those highs, you're yeah. like, I don't fucking like this. And this is why I got right. good at this drug, so this fucking didn't happen, and now it's fucking happening, and what do I fuck? And that's a terrible feeling. That is a terrible feeling. I know. It can turn on you. I remember the, the first time, like, I remember a lot. Well, let me, let me, let me tell the rest of the, the, the second yeah, time please. we dro- drank absinthe, and then I'll tell you about drugs turning on me big time. Yeah. Oh, man, this is great. Yeah, I mean, this is just a great forum for. There are plenty of brilliant podcasts that very, very intelligently discuss the benefits of psychedelic drugs. I'd yeah. say Duncan Trussell is the front runner of that. You know, he is uh, he is the authority. I would say Rogan's another guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't need to do that here. People are doing it great already. Let's just tell great drug stories. Yeah, this is what happened to us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the second time we drank the absinthe, I was smoking a lot of pot, and I was trying to keep it in. Like, my giddiness, my sheer, like, I was tittering. Right. It was insane. Like, I, I, I was like a kettle, like, like, starting to rumble. Right. And the way that our place was set up uh, in the Bronx... Uh, up in Woodlawn, uh, it was me, uh, my two roommates. It was just me and Steve who were drinking the absinthe again, mm-hmm. and then uh, one guy just drinking some beers, and then two other guys smoking pot. And they were brother, they were brothers, a guy and his younger brother, and uh, they were kind of. I think we we're all smoking pot. Actually, mm-hmm. everybody was smoking pot, even the guy who only drank beers, because sometimes I would put on. The 1967 Spider-Man uh, cartoon, right. like I had just gotten that DVD. Right. Uh, this is probably like oh four, oh five, uh-huh. and uh, been doing stand-up for about a year, two years, and uh, it would bug him out so much. Like he would smoke pot, and then he would just kind of like lay down and hug his knees and be like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna bug out. We're gonna watch that." But just because <laughs> I, I don't know what it was about that, car- it was just. The pot, he couldn't handle it. It's an odd cartoon. It is odd. It's an odd cartoon, and if you're high, it's 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 a very strange cartoon. It's got a real children's kid show feel, but is also very comic booky. Uh, it lo- it's so bright. Every mm, color it's is so, so bright. bright. It's saturated. Yeah, and it's 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 when I watch that cartoon. Yeah, I feel the the feeling I get is you can't escape this right That's now. That's kind of what absinthe is like. Yeah, it's a more pleasant version of walking watching the '67 <laughs> Spidey cartoon. <laughs> so, uh, what winds up happening is I I get up. The living room is is adjoined to uh, this little you know foyer, this this mud room, this closet, you know, sure. basically. And there was a broken um, coat rack. Sure. Uh, like a classic one, a pole with a bunch of spikes sticking out of it, yeah, like an upside down. Reporter throws his hat onto exactly. it. Exactly, yeah, upside down you. Christmas tree type shit. Mm-hmm. Love it. And it was broken. The base was shattered, so it was just kind of a, a this sh- shitty wooden pole leaning in the corner. Right. And I got up and uh, like I walk into the kitchen and I get a drink or something and I come back and I am so goddamn high and buzzing off of this absinthe and the the combination of the two like. 
there's a reason that they're both green. They belong together. Yes, you know? yes. And one of my buddies got up and he, he was walking towards me and I just grabbed the coat rack and leapt into the room in front of them and go um, like, greetings, I am the wizard. Are you here about the staff of truth? <laughs> I mean, like, just, it was crazy. And then from there, I was like, I, I was a mile a minute. I wouldn't stop talking. And like, This is why, <clears throat> listeners, Matt McCarthy would be the worst and best guy to get high with because he's real good at voices and characters. <laughs> so in the right state, that's probably a great time. In yeah. the wrong state, it's probably a horrible It was. I, I, believe me, I knew who I was with. That It was hysterical. Good, oh, good. I'm glad it worked. I find that very There's funny. There's been some bad times. I've never, I've never induced someone having a bad time. I'm usually a pretty good I've, friend to have. Uh, when we're, I think, uh, so, uh, definitely. I've had I don't some, think I've ever bugged anybody out. I've had some bad times, and I've had some saviors in mm -hmm. the bad times, and some horrible people to be around in the bad times. The two, the two that come to mind. Right. Uh, I did a comedy show once in New York that um, the comics all got high before, and that uh -huh. was the gag. And um, I may have heard I of got, the show. Yeah. I got really stoned. I got a little stoned, and they were like, okay, it's time to go to the venue to do the show. And I said, fuck this. If we're going to do this, let's do it. Get me fucking high. And uh, the person who was providing the pot said, oh, okay, you want to get high? Like, like, I've done that. I've definitely, like, people, someone has challenged me to get them high. And I've been like, all right. Well, this and this, the person yeah. that got me high isn't the bad. It, this is a positive story. This is the positive. Good, one. good, good, good. But they were like, "Oh, you want to dance, cowboy? Okay, we can dance." They give me this bong. I hit it. I'm coughing nonstop sure. for three minutes straight. I'm like, oh, "Okay, I think I'm high." We go to the venue. As soon as I set foot into it, I am having a full-on fucking panic attack. This was a mistake. What did I do? I had to sit at a table and just wait to go on stage. And it, thankfully, it was like a good 63-minute wait. Thankfully, I wasn't right oh, on. Oh, good. And I sat there, and James Harris, funny comedian, dear friend of mine, mm -hmm. bless that kid's heart. Mm -hmm. I barely knew him at the time, sat with me and was like, buddy, it's going to be okay. Just remember, it's just pot. You're not going to die. You're just having a little bit of a panic thing. Because I was freaking out like, I gotta go to the hospital, man. Oh and God, no! He's like, buddy, you're gonna be okay. Got me water, calmed me down. Went on stage, had a great set. That was the that was the good time. The bad time. Oh boy, I took mushrooms. Uh, I was living for two weeks in Austin, Texas, and decided uh, here's a good thing to do: two weeks into an unfamiliar environment, eat a bunch of mushrooms with your coworkers that you barely know. Dress up for Halloween and then go see Evil Dead 2 at midnight. Okay. Every part of that is wrong. Every part of that story is wrong. Nope. Uh, I do it. The mushrooms, Maddie, I am not lying to you. I ate these things within 15 minutes. I was feeling it. And for anybody out there who's eating mushrooms, you know, it can take an hour sometimes. It can take two hours. Sometimes you're smoking pot. Like a like an animal trying to get the things to kick in, slow yeah. your metabolism down, whatever. Fifteen minutes, 
I'm like, guys, I'm feeling it already. They're like, we're not. There's no way you're feeling it already. I'm like, I'm feeling it already. I, I've done mushrooms. I'm feeling it already. We walk in costume the Saturday night before Halloween to 6th Street in Austin, Texas, where my friend swears this is where everybody parades Saturday night before Halloween. We're walking down the middle of the street in full costume. Nobody, and I mean nobody else, is dressed up. We're the only ones walking down the street. That's intensifying things a bit. Yikes. I get to the point of tripping where I, when I open my eyes, everything is a horror. When I close them, everything is a terror. Everything is <laughs> melting. I can't see anything straight. I sit down. Uh, we're walking to the movie theater. We sit down on the campus lawn of the fucking state capitol building. The worst place to sit. You're literally sitting in the shadow of government. <laughs> I'm tripping. I'm sweating. I'm, my, ha- my head is literally in my hands. I can't open my eyes. I can't close my eyes. Everything is horrible. I turn to my, my friend and I say, this is hitting me really bad and really hard. I'm fucked up. I don't know what to do. And he says, are you ready for this? If there was a drum roll, it would happen right now. I don't know what to tell you. That's never happened to me before. If we were on Family Feud and that was like the... Wow. Like Steve Harvey would have turned and gone, survey says, ding, 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 number one worst thing to say to a guy that's having a bad trip. I don't know what you're talking about. That's never happened to me before. Fuck. And, dude, God. the night went downhill from there. We got to the theater. We were sitting waiting for Evil Dead to start. I'm like, who the fuck am I kidding? I can't sit through Evil Dead 2 right Ooh. now. I get out of the theater. I, I sneak into Best in Show because it was when Best in Show by Christopher Guest came out. I'm thinking, this will be funny. It will make me laugh. What? That fucking movie freaked me out worse than I, Evil I Dead bet. did. It's, it's like... Everybody's in the crazy wigs and makeup. You know, Christopher Guest is sitting there going, pine nut, uh, hazelnut. You know, like doing like all I those mean, yeah, it's A dead <laughs> Eugene Levy pops up and goes, best in show, best in show. Dude, I was freaking out. Jesus. So I leave one of the great saviors. We'll go from good to, from bad to mm. good now. One of the great saviors that I've encountered in my adult life. I get out of the mall where the movie theater was. It's 1, it's 1 a.m. I can't find a cab. I don't know where I am. I've been living there for two weeks. I literally don't know where I am, how to get home. I can't. I don't have a cell phone at this time. Some kid lends me his cell phone, but the battery's dead. Uh, I, can't, I can't call a cab. I'm freaking. By the grace of God, on a street that is, at the time, very unoccupied by taxi cabs. A cab passes. A lone cab passes. I flag it down. I get in. I go, dude, thank you so much. I'm overly thanking the cab driver. He doesn't know I'm fucked up. He's yeah. like, of course, but it's my job. Where are you going? I go, dude, I don't know how to get Pretty there. Pretty sure he knew. <laughs> Maybe he did, yeah. <laughs> he knew you fucked up. Yeah, I go, I don't know how to get there. I live at, at uh, 6th Street in Barton Springs. He goes, I got you, man. You from out of town? I go, yeah. He goes, where are you from? I go, Philly. He goes, I'm from Philly. 
and we have a 10-minute cab ride conversation about who has the best cheesesteaks and Italian uh, sauce. And, and, dude, it like, and by the end of the cab ride, I was calm. I'm like, yeah, dude, you can't get a hoagie out here, man, right? And the guy's like, oh, dude, you got to go down to, like, you know, Jimmy John's is as good as you're going to do in Austin, but this other place, and it was the best. I bet for a second you thought you were back in Philly. I didn't. I wish I did, because that'd be a funnier ending. Um, That's happened to me sometimes. But he, I remember taking ecstasy with yeah. a kid and being in Rhode Island and him thinking we were in New York for a second. I love it. I love it. It was... I never thought I was back in Philly, but dude, it was I. It was like if there, there was there was the beam of light from heaven mm-hmm. surrounding the guy. It was it was like uh, he was like Danny Aiello and Jacob's Ladder, madness uh. all around me, and he's there with the light behind his head. Like it's okay, it's okay. You're in good hand, you know. And that was it. It was beautiful. So if you're fighting, and you're holding on, then you'll see demons. Rip it, tearing your life away. <laughs> but if you made your peace, then the demons are really angels freeing you. <laughs> I no matter how you look at it. I love Danny Aiello. I wish Danny Aiello would like punch me in the face and then like, 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 like slap me in the face, or wake me up, and then explain to me why he had to do it. <laughs> why I deserved it. Danny Aiello is magical in everything. In everything. I think next time We've... I trip, I'm going to see Danny Aiello. We've talked about uh, Matt, and Matt, I've shown you my favorite episode of Tales from the Dark Side is an episode mm-hmm. called The Odds, starring Danny Aiello, uh, where he plays a, uh, a gambler, racketeer type a bookie. guy. Bookie. Yeah, bookie. And um, it's the best episode ever to me of Tales from the Dark Side. And when I met Danny Aiello, uh, I was at Gotham Comedy Club in New York. He had done a show. He was downstairs in the like green room area. I said to Steve Mazzilli... Uh, one of the guys in charge over there, and a dear friend, can I please meet Danny Aiello? He said, of course, come on. Brings me downstairs. Danny, this is Joe DeRosa. He works here. He wants to meet you. He's a big fan. Then he goes, Joe, what's up, man? How you doing? I go, Danny, I got to tell you right off the bat, my favorite thing you ever did. It's my favorite episode of Tales from the Dark Side, The Odds. And in the moment where you would think that a man would go, Oh, yeah, I, yeah, come on, dude. I was in Do the Right Thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? He goes, oh, sit down, yeah. I love doing that character. And, dude, he literally leaned in and he goes, I love that character so much. because It was so fun to play. And he was literally talking about the character, and I was quoting the episode to him, and he was quoting it back to me, and we were laughing, and it was such a great time. It was the best way to ever meet Danny Aiello. I love the idea that Danny Aiello thinks he, he plays characters. where he, he's, he's Danny Aiello every time. And it's beautiful. He was the same guy in the Papa Don't Preach music video, you know? But here's where I disagree with you. Maybe he was a little racist and do the right thing. Danny Aiello, yeah, Danny Aiello is like a methody guy like De Niro. No, he definitely is. It's versions it is. of him. Right. But it's, it's so believable. With, with They're just, like... It's just th- a little off here to the left this time, mm-hmm. a little off to the right this time, and it's you're like he's that guy. I totally believe it. Um, let's get back to drugs. I had bad times doing plenty of drugs, uh, as you have. Right. Um, the worst, the worst time I ever had doing drugs, and probably the most, the best I ever felt doing drugs was uh, ecstasy. Both oh, times. Yeah. I uh. used to, man. I used to talk to like. These kids I would do it with, I would be like, 
I'm not sure that the high, I'm not sure that the down, coming down from ecstasy is worth the high. Oh, it's a terrible, it's a terrible drop. Coming down from it is really bad. Yeah, it's a worse drop than the drop from Coke. And Coke's I've never got done a, Coke. Coke's got a kind of shitty next day. You're kind of bummed out. There's a malaise. You don't really know what's wrong. You just feel kind of mm. shitty. But you can almost chalk it up to hangover because nine times out of ten, you're barreling fucking whiskeys on it or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know anybody that's ever really done it just to do it alone except Coke addicts. You know, but anytime Oof. anybody's done it ever that I know is that it recreationally, it's hand in hand with booze. But someone once told me once when Stephen King was writing Cujo. He was jamming wads of toilet paper up his... Like he was just in a cabin by himself doing so much cocaine that he didn't remember writing Cujo. All he really remembered was jamming toilet paper up his nose to stop the nosebleeds and, and writing nonstop and never sleeping. I swear to God, I thought you were going to say he was jamming rolls of toilet paper with cocaine on them up his asshole. I thought that's what you are going to say. I'm so happy you didn't say that. But now that image is out there. <laughs> Out there now that exists. In the ether. Now that's that's how a rumor starts, Joe. That's how it starts. Someone's gonna say to his friend, Did "You fucking hear that?" No, I was half listening. I swear to you, I'm not exaggerating. Had you stopped that story and gotten sidetracked at jamming wads of toilet paper, I would have retold it two weeks from now, drunk as up his ass Your with truth. coke on it. There you go. Um, there, there, but but ecstasy. Yeah, the come down the next mm. day. I mean, you're Even that night. Even that, like, you know, a couple hours later, if you're staying up all night and you're all, like, got your glow sticks and you're dancing and stuff, it would always be a house party. I never went to a rave ever, ever, ever once. It would always yeah. be a house party or, yeah. like, you wind up sitting talking with people. Here's one. Here's the story I want to tell at the very top about, like, you know, authentic frontier gibberish, as sure. they say in Mel Brooks films. The, um, probably the first time I did ecstasy, we went up and it was like a big house party and then it was like it started small and then it expanded and then it got really late and the wee hours and this one guy see what it was is uh they knew the guy who made the ecstasy pills right oh god yeah this guy was a drug dealer in the truest sense in the truest sense as a matter of fact um they there was a big bust uh sometime in 99 or 2000 and it was like these three big manufacturers of ecstasy. Like one was in New York, one one was in like DC or Philly or something, and one was in Rhode Island. And it was this fucking guy right. that like my buddy knew. And this guy, this is how smart of a drug dealer he was. He just he would give us a just a, a sandwich bag full of ecstasy pills, and say, uh, "Just take as many as you want. I know how many were in there, and I'll count them up." tomorrow when you give them back to me and you just pay me for the difference oh i love it the smart yeah. smart gentleman yeah all right uh so then as soon as you start coming down from that shit you're like let's do another one or like even like an hour before you're like you know we're probably going to come down in like an hour and a half why don't we do another one now and then we'll like you know i took half and as soon as as soon as as soon as i start feeling it i'm going to take the other half yeah exactly you know exactly i remember that game the the yeah it's, yeah you try to you try to outsmart a drug yeah yeah, and you're yeah. rationing it out like you're like you're you know snowed in with 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 a limited food supply. Yeah, you know what I mean. You're going well. We do do this now, and then the smartest way is then to eat that. And it's like the way they're rationing out that fucking shitty bread in Lord of the Rings on their way up <laughs> to the mountain. You know. Yep. But um, 
It's a, it's a, it, here's the worst part of the come down mm-hmm. of ecstasy mm. is it is because ecstasy itself is, is, is impure. It's cut and mixed with all kinds of shit. Oh, sure. That's why they say pure MDNA. Um, we're, we're Molly. Molly's big now. And everybody's accolade that they give to Molly is there's no bad come down. It's pure. It's all the benefits of ecstasy without any of the fallout. Right. Uh, I've never done it. I don't know. But I don't know. Um, the ecstasy come down, if you've never experienced it, is it's not just hungover. It's not just tired. It's not just exhausted. You are literally drained of joy. It's like you've you've had your wings cut off. Lit- yeah. You're drained. All happiness was mm-hmm. supercharged and then completely expelled during the during the time of the trip or whatever you want to call it. Or the role. Yeah, there's like a melancholy violation. Oh, my God. It's a terrible feeling. I used to get that uh, sometimes after sometimes after mushrooms, sometimes after Mm -hmm. acid. But often. Never did acid. Never did. I'll tell you what I got more frequently after acid on the come down time. Yeah. Was not a sadness. It was a charge of energy. It was. I'm I'm awake. I tripped for 11 hours yesterday. I want to clean the whole house. I feel great. My mind has been expanded. I've yeah. seen things. It was always a pretty good vibe. Um, I'll tell you a great acid story. It sounds like you. It was yeah. You know yeah. you got me. You know me, baby. Uh, here's here's a great acid story. Uh, I uh, have I still have a band with my friend Paul called Salsa Windfall. Say again? Uh, it's called Salsa Windfall. Salsa Windfall. This is a band I've had since college with my buddy Paul. Um, and we Salsa re- Windfall? Yeah. Paul. In fact, we just recorded a bunch of stuff. He was just here visiting. I love um, it. And it's, it's definitely druggier music. It's a little buggy. <laughs> it's a little weird and bugged out. We like to get weird and whatever. So we were recording a CD back in 2000 probably 2000 or 99, somewhere in that ballpark. And uh, this guy, Mike, who was drumming for us at the time and a good friend of ours, said, we're halfway through the recording session. We laid down all the instrument tracks, and I had to do vocals now. And my friend Mike goes, before we do vocals, this guy I know has acid. Do you guys want to get some? We were like, yeah. We go to this acid dealer's house in West Philadelphia, we go in, he hands us, we hand him the money, he in return hands us a bag of gumdrops. You know the bag that you get in the grocery store, the clear plastic bag that you fill with the candy sure. from those scoop bins? One of those bags with gumdrops in it. He goes, I'm sorry, man, it's liquid, and I didn't have anything to put it on. It's on those gumdrops. And we're like... Uh, okay, okay, how much, what's on what? And he goes, I just dumped it on there, man, so take it at your own risk. We're like, great. We leave. We have these gumdrops. They're sugar-coated gumdrops, and the only way you could tell how much acid was on them was where the sugar had been eaten away by the liquid hitting it. Wow. So you'd have this, like, little green gumdrop, and on it would be this, like, spider-webbed shape in the sugar, and you were like, oh, that's the acid. It melted off the sugar or whatever. And, dude, when I tell you we were just fucking eating these things like they were a goddamn, like, candy dish at a dentist's office or something, we were just popping these things. Dude, halfway through doing vocals, 
it this shit kicks in so hard. Oh, man. I was tripping my fucking balls off. And I remember I kept telling them all day, I want to put this song on the album that you guys haven't heard. I made this song. I made this song. I made this rap song. I made this rap song. I want to put it on the album. Uh, I have the beat and I have all the lyrics. I just have to record it. I just have to record it. And they, they, we just kept saying, okay, okay, but let's get our stuff done first with everybody. And then you mm-hmm. can do that because you can do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. I remember tripping my face off and going into the back bedroom at my friend Paul's house and for an hour recording a rap song by myself and bringing it out to them and playing it for them, and we're all tripping. And, and I just remember them going, you just did this right now? Wait a what? What? You just did this right now? And I kept going, yeah, man, I just did it in the back room. I told you I had a song. <laughs> and we were freaking I still have that song somewhere. Is it good? When you Did you listen to it yeah, the next pretty, day? Yeah, it's good. It's fine. Like, I wouldn't, you know, put it out right it now. It wasn't like, oh, this is this is what we do now. Sounds like a guy on acid. We're, we're doing acid and rapping. <laughs> Sounds like a guy on acid doing a rap song. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was such, it was such a good time, and that's that's like one of the things well, that I, I miss. Understand that what the the burst of creativity? Well, not the burst of creativity because I think that's still attainable mm-hmm. theoretically. What I miss is the 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 disregard for fear and the embrace of adventure. That's sure. what I miss about that stuff. When I was 20, 21, 22, I could take those drugs and I could say, man, I am going to fucking trip, hopefully, for 15 hours straight. And I didn't care. I could get high as a kite. I could hit a three-liter gravity bong of weed and be so... We had a gravity bong. It, 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 the hits were so big you'd hit it and we'd go in the corner and have to you'd have to punch your temples because it hurt your head it was such a big hit you would have to punch your temples and i would do that night after night and acid every few weeks or whatever it was and like and i didn't care mm-hmm. i i I'd, I'd go head first into the heart of a packed crowded party and have a great time now it's like yeah. i can't they're, they're what are they saying who sees me i'm, I'm freaking out i don't know if i can handle it now I understand. I mean, there was one time we uh, we took ecstasy at school and uh, like senior year at Fordham, and it was like didn't didn't dance, didn't do anything like that. It was just oh my god, we're so fun. And then it was like let's go outside and let's walk around. Right. And then I had the idea, let's go into every single bar, and it was like a Friday, Saturday night or something. So people were out. We're like let's and and as soon as I'm saying it, like my buddy's like, no, I don't want to drink. Again, Steve, I don't want to drink. And I'm like, no, 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 we're not going to drink. Right. We're going to walk in the bar. Actually, there was a group of us. We got a group of people to come with us. We're going to walk in each bar and walk all the way to the back of the bar and touch the wall in the back of the bar and then leave immediately. Yeah, you get ideas bar. like that. Get ideas like that. Yeah. And then we wound up in a laundromat and we were playing like video games in this laundromat. Yeah. It was bizarre. Yeah. It's a... Uh... I remember um, some girl put her in like a basket that was on wheels and shit. It's 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 an amazing, it's an amazing uh, bonding experience. Yeah, that thing of that's a memory. You, as as long as you'll talk oh, to sure. those guys, as long as you'll know them, you'll all remember. Remember when we touched the wall? Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, we'll never forget. We went camping one time. We were it was like a long weekend, and we were going to go see Tom Petty in uh, Springfield, Mass. 
at the Tweeter Center at Great Woods. Mm-hmm. And uh, we stopped in Rhode Island along the way and camped. And it was me and my two buddies, me and my buddy Steve. And uh, we ate mushrooms, and then our other buddy uh, was just drinking. And we had a fire going. And the guy who was just drinking fell asleep. He's just sitting by the fire, dead asleep. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we're tripping falls. Yeah, I love it. We're having an adventure. My friend Steve runs off into the darkness for a little while, does his own thing. It was like, we need to separate for a little while. <sighs> then we're going to reconvene. Then we're going to go on an adventure together. Steve comes back. I, I've looked up in the sky. The sun is, is already setting. You can, it's, it's dark, but you can still see clouds. I'm not even exaggerating, Joe. And this is the craziest, trippiest thing that's ever happened to me. I'm looking in the sky, and the clouds formed Bill Hicks. And, and like he had like the glasses and the beard, and he was wearing a, like a you know, black suit or whatever. And he formed in the clouds and flew over me with his arms stretched out, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like belly down, looking down at me. Right. And then my friend Steve came running back and he said, and I quote, I just had a conversation with the color orange. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Here's, here's a great visual I have. Yeah. I took mushrooms once with Paul from Salsa Windfall. Mm-hmm. Um, he and uh, and I and uh, and our friend Kaylee, who was a girl from North Carolina that we knew, um, the three of us took mushrooms at a big party one night, and they kicked in. And he said, "Let's all go to that playground at that grade school that's behind this house." It's like one o'clock in the sure. morning. Sure, we go out to this playground. We're tripping. He and Kaylee are off, like on the swings or something. And I'm kind of doing my own thing because that happens, like you said. You got to go do your own thing sometimes. Sometimes you go play. Sometimes you got to split up. Yeah. Two best visuals I've ever had ever. Uh, the first was there were chalk drawings all on the macadam the kids had done. All at once, the drawings stood up, and I could see them. I could see them standing in front of me instead of flat on the macadam. Wow. That was cool. But the coolest one was I looked up into the clouds. And there was a cloud that looked like a giant demon face. And it looked like it was slowly moving toward me. But the cool thing about mushrooms and acid most mm-hmm. of the time is when you see something like that, mm-hmm. I wasn't freaked out. I wasn't scared. I said to myself, that is the drug letting me know. That's my consciousness letting me know there's evil in the world I need to be aware of. Oh, no doubt. And there was, I, it was, and it was so enlightening and amazing. Yeah, and it was great. It was great. Because that that is the one thing I wanted to talk about too. Because I was like, and it's funny you mentioned PCP, and it was like I I don't know if you've ever watched it, but uh, I was always a big fan of Steve O. Yeah, and uh, he's got uh, those goddamn "Don't Try This at Home" DVDs. He yeah, where they're like, where they're just thing. out of their fucking minds. You know, stapling his nuts and all that. Yeah, yeah, N- nonsense. And clearly a lot of it drug-fueled. Okay. And then one of them, it was like a bonus DVD just called PCP Saved My Life. Right. And it's just him on PCP, like, taping himself. I've seen that, and it's disturbing. It's very disturbing. Yes. But, like, at different points, it's like he's, like, talking to things that aren't there. And, like, even, like, I remember seeing interviews with him later just being like, yeah, I was was talking to demons. (laughs) 
I saw demons. That was a, and and I believe him. Like I don't think that it's just a construct of our minds that it's you know it's you know because there's that what what's that shit those berries that magic berry shit where you can you take them and suddenly lemons taste like oranges and they taste good and then like I have no idea I want to oh do it. yeah it's something like that it's called like magic berries or some bullshit sounds amazing well I don't think it's just you're changing you know the way that your brain is processing information and taking in information I think when you're taking like psychedelics you I I, I look at it as more like radios like your or like TV sets like old TV sets you right. know when you're trying to like jam it kind of in between the stations, you know, it's the twilight zone. Yeah. You're picking up on something that, yeah, it, it's you're it's in your, between. That's why I said at the beginning, when you said you were drinking the absinthe at dusk, that's what I loved about dusk. It's sure. the time in between times. You know what I mean? The witching hour. Yeah. 3 a.m. It's you know? where it's taking you. It's taking you into Definitely. those in between the threads. You Have know? you watched Toad Road yet? No, I've never seen Toad Road. You got, oh, Joe, you got to watch it. Okay, is it about this stuff? It, I mean, it's almost like a horror movie. It but. feels like it. Okay. It definitely feels like it. All right, all right. I'll check it out. Is that the one with Roddy Piper? No. No, 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 no. You're thinking of Hell Comes to Frogtown. Oh, yeah. What's Toad Road? Toad Road is takes place in Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. You know, about an actual existing urban legend. What's the urban legend? I've never heard this. That uh, there are these seven gates, and you pass through each one of them. And the last one, you finally, it's the gates to hell. Ooh. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I got to see that. It's scary. It's, it's unlike anything I've ever seen. And it's funny we mentioned Jackass because there are elements of, like, they met up with a group of, like, skater kids and, like, started building a movie around them and then constructed a narrative. And then, which adds to the the eerie realism of the movie. Is it a re, is it a documentary? No, it a, no, it's, it's a, a narrative, oh, okay. and and made all the more eerie uh, by the fact that the the star, the female lead, uh, died like a year after the premiere. Oh Jesus! All right, I want to see this. This yeah. sounds interesting. Code Road, check it out. But this sounds interesting. And oh. by the way, just mm. uh, like for for the listeners. That haven't done these drugs, I'm sure there are some out there. Uh, you know, we were talking a lot about visuals. I want to talk. Yeah. I just want to. This is my thing. We talked a little bit about how they nail it in Fear and Loathing. Um, and in then, some instances. Yeah, in some instances. Like when he looks around and everybody's a lizard. And I'm like, that's too much. Yeah, I agree. Um, this is the best description I could give of what a visual is truly like on a drug. Because even the stuff we're saying, like, I saw a demon in the clouds and I saw Bill Hicks. Even that is unclear to, to somebody mm -hmm. that's never done this. You don't literally see... It's not like a human appears that's not there. You see things... It's almost like when somebody sees this, the, 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 the image of the Mother Mary in a tortilla chip. It, to me, it's that kind of visual. Like, the best visual I could describe is I was in a diner once... And I was on acid. I was tripping really hard. And the diner had, we were sitting at the coffee bar, and the diner had these lime, 1960s lime green countertops that had glitter in them. And when I looked down at the countertop, yeah. it looked as if it was a sea of lime green paint with glitter floating in it that you could just oh, dunk sure. your hand into. 
That's the kind of visual. It takes the thing that's actually there and alters it, kind of puts it on its ear a little bit. I, I find more than you turn around and there's a fucking dragon standing behind No, or, or, or you'll see just like patterns start forming that aren't necessarily there. Or know? maybe they are and you can't see them when you're... Right, but right. Now, now you can see them. You're right. tuned into it. There's something to that because it's also it's it's kind of like trying to see in a dimly lit room where it's like um, not that it's hard to see. It's just kind of like when you rub your eyes really hard uh-huh. and you get kind of that almost gray static mm-hmm. like in a dream. When I first smoked pot like and, and then the, the subsequent times after that, you know, it that's what it that's a exactly how I would describe it. It was like a waking dream. It was like I was the most vivid, lucid dream ever because it was like instead of trying to bring my consciousness and being aware in the dream world, it's like when I first started smoking pot, it was like I brought the dream world into reality. Yeah. And it was like all of a sudden I'm walking around through dream eyes. It's amazing. It's Yeah, it's like... uh so that's what but it's like, like the, for you, Nightmare on Elm Street six fans. Uh, Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare. Uh, when they go into the final dream showdown with Freddy, and they put on those three D glasses, yeah. and all of a sudden everything is seen through a different lens. It's it's that kind of thing. Um, that's what the visuals were always like for me. I remember like I could sit in a room with like a buddy, and like maybe a black light would be on, or like a fucking lava lamp or some shit. But like you, I would wind up looking at the wall. And like see like a pattern of like you know horses running by or like exactly you know yeah shapes and, and that's to say you know and I by the way I know throughout this conversation I've said I can't I couldn't handle it now or maybe I could under certain 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 circumstances that's not to contradict what I said at the beginning of this thing which is I do think there is a way to use these drugs with with a certain medical supervision sure um, where you can sort of open up the doors a little bit and see these things that that may or may not be there. Uh, and sometimes you still see it the next day when you're sober and you go, oh, my God, the drug tipped me off to that, and now I see it. Uh, and sometimes you go, what was I thinking? This song sucks. You know, I had a joke in my act about oh, about yeah. Pink Floyd, about, like, I go, I go, you know, Pink Floyd, it's always the same story. You listen to it when you're high, and you're like, this fucking rocks. And then you listen to it the next day sober, and you're like, "This fucking blows. <laughs> this is so boring." Exactly. You know? I, and I, big, I'm not shitting on Pink Floyd. No. I think they're an amazing band, but that's one of those things where, when you're fucking high, you want to hear an oscillating analog keyboard for ten minutes straight. When you're sober, yeah. you don't really want to hear it so much. You know. Uh, so I mean, when we listen, when we did Ecstasy, like we listened to so much, like like DJ Scribble yeah. and all that. Yeah, and you don't really Outcast, want to hear sure. it when you're straight. Outcast, I would now. Outcast is a good example of Outcast was something that I would either way. But there were there was bands that I was like, I'm not gonna listen. At bands, was, they were DJs. I remember in college, the first time I ever heard the band Pavement it was one of the first times sure. I ever got stoned. Uh, I was in my buddy. My buddy had a. They lived in this big house with a bunch of guys, and my buddy Brian's bedroom was a windowless room. <sighs> where he had painted the walls black and put up black light poster posters and the only light in the room was were black lights. He basically just created this like weed chamber. Wow. And 
we would go in this thing that have these huge parties in their basement and we would leave the party. We would go into his room and we would smoke so much weed and get so high. These are the, Maddie, these are my first days of getting high. on Sure. These were, this was an experience. Um, this summer was, oh God, what a summer. Anyway, hmm. um, I remember the first time I heard pavement, uh, I was high as shit in this guy's room. It was playing a song called AT&T was playing. And in the middle of the song, I, I was so moved by the music, I started singing my own thing to it. And I just, and I didn't feel embarrassed. I mean, now I feel embarrassed. It's sure. fucking ridiculous. But it connected with me so much. And then it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And the next day it hit me just as hard. And that was the beginning of a lo- very long love affair with Pavement and Stephen Malcolmus and and his music, but uh, that's the most memorable, like, wow, I don't know if I would have gotten as into this without the pot, but then the, the pot the pot tapped mm-hmm. me on the shoulder and went, hey, dude, check this out, and then the pot was right, whereas other times the pot tapped me on the shoulder, and then the next day I was like, why did I buy this fucking uh, indie art rock band CD last night at that college show because these guys suck uh, the next day. You know what I mean? Like, Definitely. I mean, because uh, I look at things that I was that I still am into or was into before I even touched anything, and you can still see all the trippiness, like the Kubrick movies or or right. certain bands. You're just like, you know, now it's oh, now I understand some of these things. Yeah. A little bit oh, more. Oh, the, the Rudy Ray Moore movie. I mean, that's I the bought. idea. Some of it is it's it's to tap into. I mean, it's, you know, it's not just scientists. You know, I, I forget the name of the guy that in, that invented LSD. Or maybe it's it's more accurate to say he discovered it. But he said he, he took it, rode home on his bicycle, and he said, I saw such wondrous pictures, you know. But it's not also just scientists. It's, it is trying to tap into something. Because yeah. ecstasy, they first started using uh, 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 psychiatrists used it. Yes, you know, and many years ago. Yeah, recently, not within our lifetime, Joe. Probably right. But I'm when I say many years ago, I mean earlier than you. Oh wait, you're you. Are you saying scientists did this? I'm like, saying like psychiatrists very recently. I'm saying within at least the 70s or the 80s, this, like ecstasy was like, uh, like they used it in therapy, in, in a yeah. session, in a therapy session to try to tap into because and it was true. Like we would take it. We would like reminisce and like, oh, my God, remember that show out of this world? Like, you'd be like, holy shit. Yeah. Well, that's what. Yeah, that's why I said many years ago, because, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm one of those guys that thought ecstasy didn't exist till 1999. You know what I mean? Right. And then uh, it's like, no, it's kind of been around. It's like those bath salts, these kids. Oh, always geez. been there, and they just started jamming it up their assholes. Well, there's something else I read about hallucinogens that was really uh, surprising at how long ago these things date back. I mean, oh, me, big me, time. We're, we're like ancient cultures. Sad here. Well, that's why some of them are, are it's, it's funny. We never even discuss like the religious aspects of that. Sure. Like there are it, it, right now native cultures and, and other religions that are allowed to use things like peyote or, or what have you. 
I want to do that thing. It's a where, sacrament. I want to do that thing where you go down to like the jungle and take ayahuasca. Yes, I want to do that. And I could never do that. Here's why I want to do it. That that I think you do. Then you are falling down the tunnel and you're seeing lions with wings and you're you have the visuals. I want to do it because of how frightening it sounds. And my buddy did it. Yeah. This was his exact quote. And this is what made me want to do it. He, I said, what was it like? He goes, it was an amazing experience. Nothing in this life will ever frighten me again. I looked in the face of a demon. And I was like, why would you not want to do that? This guy is sitting here talking to me fearless right now because he stood wow. and looked into the eyes of some fucking hallucinated but that's what maybe I'm it wasn't a hallucination he really did like like that's you just there's doors it's yeah it's the doors of perception man yeah exactly there's doors everywhere and you can creep into them and find them you know here's what i was, was going to read you uh this is from wikipedia which i know isn't always accurate but as i always say i'm lazy uh, early scientific investigations, although natural hallucinogenic drugs have been known to mankind for millennia, millennia, uh, it was not until the early 20th century that they received extensive attention from Western science. The early 20th century, strong hallucinogenics or hallucinogens were being used. I just, early beginnings include scientific studies of nitrous oxide in the late 18th century. I thought fucking nitrous didn't occur till fish concerts. You know what I mean? Late 18th century and initial studies of, you know, what's funny is that shit's legal. Like they, there's those kids, like they got the van and they got the fucking tank at the Primus concert. And then there's balloons everywhere. Right. They're, like they're not going to get arrested. Studies of peyote, not till the 19th century. Nitrous oxide preceded peyote. In Western, in Western, in Western medicine, right. but peyote was is natural. That's insane to me. And peyote was on this continent before we were. Exactly. That's so crazy. To like me. it was in use. Nothing like a good nitrous balloon, man. Woo! Never, never done that. Oh, been dude. A, I've been around plenty of it. People like their lips turning blue, and they're just standing there, and they're like, "Whoa!" And they almost fall over. I've got some great nitrous stories I've because got, that shit takes you. Yeah. This is the best way I can describe it, Matt. I'm not exaggerating. I did it, and I saw plaid. I can't explain that. I closed my eyes, and I saw plaid. They've gone to plaid. Yes, and it looked like that. It looked wow. like the scene in Spaceballs. It, you go into this thing. No. You hear like, whoa, 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 whoa. Right. your brain goes into another It literally freezes your brain. Yeah, 45 seconds to a minute. You're in another fucking world. I believe it. Uh, I've, we used to do in college, we used to, we had a, we had a nitrous tank and we had a gravity bong, three liter Gatorade gravity bong. We'd, we'd do the nitrous balloon, right? And as it was kicking in, we'd hit the gravity bong real quick. Oh, dude. You know how many times I just woke, like opened my eyes. I was on the floor. What was the gravity? Oh, wow. Really? Literally. I've been around people that smoke pot and then all of a sudden they just collapse and you're like, gotta oh, wake I, them up. Yeah. I just, I just opened yeah. my eyes. I'm on the floor. I'm like, what happened? Everybody's laughing at me. You fell over. One time I did nitrous at a party. Uh, I opened my eyes and my friend Scotty was holding me in his arms and I literally go, are you okay? And he goes, what the fuck are you talking about? You just fell over into my arms. <laughs> like, it's not even just that it takes you out of this world. It takes you out of this world and you have no concept of what occurred while you were gone. It's, 
It's a fun one, man. It's what was, not what, safe, but it's fun. What was the gravity bong made up? Like an old Pepsi bottle? And then a bucket of water or something like that? We had a th we took a three-liter Gatorade bottle. Sure, nice. We sawed the bottom off of it. Nice. And then we put it in a big, like, spaghetti sauce pot. Sure. That was deep enough that you could submerge a three-liter three bottle in. Or at least what would you use it. to light it? Because the, we, we know this oh. one guy, he had a, like a cigar lighter, we, like a torch. We had the, you know, we had the bowl built into the cap. Right. You screw the cap on, you put yeah. the weed in it. We just used a cigarette lighter. Dude, the, the, oh, see, we used the to suction use... was so massive. Oh, definitely. Dude, Matt, this thing. This is what I'm saying. We used, to, we used to use, like he had like a torch, like one of those like yeah. big shot like cigar lighter torches. Yeah. It, like the suction was insane, like you said. But when, when you would... You could see it, like spraying the smoke, like going through, through the plastic. You could watch it, the flame hitting the pot, and then spraying smoke into this fucking bottle that was uh, then I sucking, and then the water was sucking it all down. Like a jet of smoke. Yeah, I love it. And I then, like, it. you tip it, and then, like, you kind of rotate it a little bit like that, and you could fill up the whole thing. Those were the days. Those, were the, Those were the days, man. I couldn't do that now. I mean, I, I used still to smoke pot, but I couldn't get high like that, dude. No, but like I, see, but like uh, something was still there because like I've never taken anything that I think is like still sitting in my DNA. Who knows was what was in some of those ecstasy pills? But oh Jesus, yeah. But that summer, coming off of that summer, doing X a bunch of times. It's weird that I just called it X because I've never called it X before. Right, I always call it E. Uh, I would smoke pot and then start feeling like I was having like a like a flashback of right. like ecstasy and feel like I was fucking rolling again or something. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, I've been there. But uh, I got friends who have like have had like acid flashbacks and they'll be sitting in their cubicle at work and hear like their own name. Like someone just go like, Jimmy. I hear my name a lot. Is that what that is? How many times did you do acid? Oh, man, I don't know. It's like I have one friend who 10, was like 15, not a ton, but enough. Oh, that's way more than the limit. Like, it's something like, there's like some sort of, like, you're legally insane. <laughs> yeah, well, I could have told you that. But because of the acid, you are legally insane. Like, if you do acid more than something like half a dozen times, six times. Three is the... Something like that. It's only a handful of times. Yeah. My one buddy who did acid in high school, he's like, I did it like up until that one, but he hears... Voices. That's what it is. It's I get acid. little waves of stuff. I see things. Sometimes. Sure. I got one. My buddy Steve. It's uh, like he can't see um, strobe lights. Mm -hmm. Oh, that fucks him up bad. Really? Oh, strobe lights fucks really? him up bad. Even like driving, if it's like a flashing light, he kind of has to glance away. But like there was one time they they went to some club, and it was like doom 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 doom. The whole place just strobe light. Like, Steve, he had to get the fuck out of the place, and then, like, he's outside. Like, he had to take his shirt off, and he's just crouched on the ground, just, like, like inconsolable. Really? And then it was just my buddy trying to get a fucking cab, because it's like, we got to get out of there. The funniest, the funniest hallucination thing mm. that I've ever seen or experienced. Again, my friend Paul. Of, Isn't it of, funny? You, you got these people that you do these things with. A lot. A you lot. know? And it's like if you ever did it again, it would be with Paul. Or it would be you and I. Yeah, exactly. You know? We're going to take mushrooms together. Probably. There's no way we're not. We're going to probably smoke pot together right after this podcast. We could smoke pot right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wait till it ends. 
Because it's fair for that, the for the listeners. It's medicinal marijuana. I use it responsibly. My doctor told My me hurts. I have to smoke this blue dream all day long. <laughs> I just got this stuff. I mentioned it earlier. It's called Skywalker OG. Oh sure, it's dynamite. Uh, the guy at the dispensary literally. Go, I I only was attracted to it because of the name. Because I'm sure. such a Star Wars. Freak. I bought Godzilla and Walter White for the same reason. Yeah. And I go, and I'm sitting there going, what do you, you know, dude, I, I, I get paranoid. And he goes, okay, get the green crack, nice head high, sure. energize you. This other one's a, 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 a hybrid, It'll, it's good body, whatever. And then I, I just see it and I go, what the fuck is Skywalker OG? And he goes, dude, this ain't no rookie shit. Tell you right now, you take two hits of this, don't make any fucking plans. And I was like, give me it. I want, I just want to see what it's all about. And I smoked some with Paul. God, Paul's in everything. Paul. And my, oh, my. We, we smoked some. We had some gummy bears that had the sky, that were made with Skywalker OG. And holy God. We recorded a song on it, Matt. I'll play it for you later. Here and there and everywhere. I'll play it for you. It's buggy. Anyway, uh, in closing, I want to tell you this. The, the funniest hallucination thing. And I talk about this on stage sometimes. I took mushrooms with Paul. They weren't working. We're at a party. They're not working. No, nope, they're not kicking in yet. We go back to his place. We're like, let's just go to bed. He goes, sleep on the couch. I'm going to sleep in my room. Because he can't take more. Yeah. I, I don't, if the kid's listening right now, we, we, we would be in dereliction of duty if we didn't say this. Once you dose, you can't take more mushrooms. No. It, it, will not, it doesn't work like that. You're just <laughs> increasing the toxicity in your blood, yeah, it's, and you're killing yourself. It's not a good idea. You're not going to get any acid. higher. Don't keep taking right. Yeah. That's why, it, that's why it's impossible to, it, it's literally impossible. Well, well, that's not fair to say, but it's, it's almost inherently impossible to abuse, habitually abuse hallucinogens. You could. That's why I say it at the beginning. It's, 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 it's almost built out. in. You don't, yeah. there's not a desire. It's not like Ow. a cocaine or a speedy thing where you're like, oh, oh, oh I want to do that again as soon as I wake up. No. I think, dude. I think, I think true addiction when it comes to these things, and I've said it before. It's, it's. I think it's as rare as a guy that eats so much he has to be chainsawed out of his own house. Right. I don't think it's as real an epidemic as they make it sound. I think the average person mm -mm. does too much of something and feels terrible the next day and needs to take some time off. There's a real machine type brain that creates a real addict. And that brain never says stop. And I don't think that's the case with the average person. I just don't think it is. That's my opinion. Whatever. So then that what being the, said, what be responsible with be your Be responsible, intent. but also know how to do something. Exactly. Don't go into anything alone. Find a friend. Never a go nice... in alone. Give yourself a few days buffer. Right. Learn the ins and outs. Know what you're buying. Know what you're taking. And then it's up to you. We're not telling you to do it, but if you're going to do it, you should at least do that. Mm -hmm. Um. We took these mushrooms, Paul and I, at a party. They weren't working. He says, let's go to bed. We'll go home. We go back. He goes, sleep on the couch. I'll sleep in my room. I say, great. Uh, my head hits the couch. The mushrooms kick into fucking overdrive. Of course. I'm freaking out, especially because his apartment was supposedly haunted. And what I always made fun of him for and called him a pussy about, now I was like, these fucking demons are coming to get me. I got to get out of here. Oh, my God. I jump off the couch. I'm freaking out. I go into his bedroom, and all I'm thinking is, he's probably not tripping. This is a fluke that I'm tripping. He's laying on his bed, eyes as wide open as your eyes can go, 
and he's breathing like, <sighs> and just staring at the ceiling, like locked on the ceiling. And I go, what's the matter? And he looks at me and he goes, it just felt like a mouse ran under my pillow and I heard a Chinese guy go, you bugging. And I was like, I'm fucking leaving. <laughs> See you later, buddy. <laughs> wow. And we ended on a cough laugh. I love it. Maddie, what are you plugging? Uh, I am the host uh, with uh, two other stand-up comedians of the We Watch Wrestling Podcast. Go to wewatchwrestlingpodcast.com. Good. That's, that's all you need. That's great. Follow Matt on Twitter. At McCarthy Redhead and also follow at We Watch W Podcast. Again, it is a weekly professional wrestling podcast by and for yes, professional wrestling it, fans. It's a great show. Please check it out. Matt is the biggest wrestling fan right. next to Vince Averill that I've ever met. Uh, and then Tom Sibley, who just started watching wrestling, is the third uh, member of the. It's it's fun to listen Tommy's to, even if you people. don't even if you don't watch pro wrestling, just because it is like we're explaining it to Tom, and it is kind of it's it's we make it accessible for novices. We well, like that's that's the key, and it's a, and that's why it's a great show. So check it out. Uh, follow Matt on Twitter and check him out live if you can. You will not regret it. He's hilarious. Uh, and for you uh, folks that might want to see me live, I will be Scottsdale, Arizona at the end of June at uh, Stand Up Scottsdale. I will be in uh, Buffalo, New York at Helium Buffalo in July. I will, the weekend before that, be at Comics at Foxwoods in uh, Foxwoods Casino in Connecticut. In Connecticut. Uh, and August just added Acme Comedy Club. Very excited about uh, doing the first weekend ever. I'm excited about all these gigs. Um, <laughs> I don't mean to single out Acme, but we were we had Acme on the books before, and I had to cancel because of uh, the writing job with Pete Holmes. But now uh, it's been rescheduled, and uh, I'll be there in August. So check that out. Uh, also be in Toronto for one night in um, July, uh, and then. At Just for Laughs Toronto in September. That's a lot of shit. Check out one of these things. Go to JoeDeRosaComedy.com to see when. Bye. Bye.